Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Leroy Beebe from Check the Level, welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Thank you, Stuart. It's great to be here. Probably pick up the accent, uh, it's still quite evident there. Um, originally from South Africa, there's, we've had another guest on the podcast that was originally South African, now resides in Toronto. So I don't know whether that's you guys are trailblazing or following a well-worn path. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I mean, was he an accountant? I'm assuming he was an accountant yes, as well. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when we qualified, we were the best chartered accountants globally, at least when I did. So maybe that's why. <laughs> well, you say that a little bit in jest, but Oram was saying the accounting programs in South Africa were of considerable depth and very difficult to achieve um, yeah. qualification. Yeah, and our audit standards are pretty strict. So every second company has to be audited. So it's intense in those big four firms. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and you, you, speaking of big four, you spent some time in KPMG in yeah. South Africa. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Cape Town, KPMG, Cape Town. And uh, a bit like me, you're not the greatest employee in the world. Is that right? Is that was that kind of why you sort of thought starting your own firm might be the way to go? Yeah, I mean, I've always struggled with authority. I also, I think, one of the challenges you have in that audit environment is. You come into these companies and you feel like a police officer, right? And no one wants a police officer in the office. So it's really hard work, right? And trying to add value to a company becomes very difficult. Whereas check the level is completely private. We don't do any assurance work. And just the uh, welcoming that we get from clients that are actually seeking help, it's a lot more fulfilling the work, at least yeah. for me. Yeah. No, I, I can understand that. And let's talk a little bit about growing up in... South Africa, your parents were very entrepreneurial. Yep, they've started close to 12 businesses when I was growing up. Yeah. And what, what effect did that have on you? You know, I think with parents like that, they were very absent. I think when you have parents like that, it's hard to manage time and money. I just knew their financials were always a mess. Like, I think once my dad told me revenue equals net profit, and I was like, that's not the case, dad. <laughs> Right. Were you able to go back and, and provide some clarification? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I advise my parents. I mean, they still have a couple of businesses going and, and they're always asking me for advice. And I don't know, my parents, the one thing that I'll never forget is that I often think uh, the definition of success is perseverance. And my parents are like pretty much that. They persevered through a lot growing up as well as in their businesses. That's rubbed off on me quite a lot, right? Like, I think a big part of why I started a business, I wanted to become an entrepreneur is because of my parents. They inspired me a lot. And the problems they experienced are the problems that I'm trying to solve for other family members who are have parents that have started businesses. And there's a work ethic, not yeah. only in uh, your family, but in South Africa as well, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Through your journey in through South Africa, watching your parents start these companies, let's talk about some of the businesses that they did start and perhaps what were some of the lessons? What were some of the more successful ones that they're involved with? Yeah. So my dad has over 40 years of experience in construction. So a couple of businesses he started were in construction. My dad's a little hard-headed. So if he's hearing this, uh, at least back then he was. He always struggled with adding additional employees into his business. I think he really struggled with delegating. Whereas my mom, she's a clinical psychologist. 
So she's actually started a psychiatric ward that's doing really well. So from the lessons that I've learned is at least a lot of the lessons I've learned from running a business is in terms of that business, just because it's one of the more recent ones. And what stands out about that company is it's a very boutique, like psychologist, like rehab center. And it's very focused on providing an amazing customer experience for these people who are mentally ill. And they have a waiting list of like three to four months just to get into their clinic, especially now with like COVID, now that it's boutique and it's really small. What stands out to me there is like just having a different element in whatever product or service you're providing is really important, right? Like that book, I don't know if you've read it, The Purple Cow. It's like, what is the purple cow in your business, right? So Yeah, and, and as we'll get into some of your success with Check the Level, but in terms of your mum's purple cow, then how long ago did she start that? What sort of led to that? And in terms of COVID and their experience in South Africa, how has that been? They're all fine. My entire family's fine. And I'm a first-generation immigrant to Canada, so you know I don't have any family here. But they're all well. I speak to them very often through WhatsApp and things like that. No issues at the moment. They're approaching retirement. So you know they're looking at selling their business. They started that business, I think it was like 15 years ago, something like that. And yeah, it's just been interesting to see how that's growing and it's continuing to grow. And now they're getting ready to retire, which I think is always a challenge, right? Letting go can be difficult. Yes. Are you an only child then? Is there an expectation of grandkids if, if, they're, if they're close to retirement to, to keep, them, uh, keep them occupied? I have three sisters, actually. Oh, there so, you go. So uh, the pressure's, the pressure's <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Only boy, but yeah. No, we've got grandkids. I've got a niece and nephew. They're oh, growing good. up quickly. Good, so. good. good. Uh, have those sisters followed you to Toronto? Uh, one of them's thinking about it, but the others, I think, the other one's a lawyer. She's going to stick around there, and the other one's a doctor, and she's busy She's becoming a psychiatrist, so she's busy studying for that over there. Following her mum's footsteps. Yeah, pretty much. So how long ago did you move to Toronto and did that coincide with starting the accounting firm? So we moved to, well, I moved to Canada in 2017 or 2018, around then. Why I moved here was to do my MBA. So prior to moving to Canada, I finished my articles at KPMG, qualified as a chartered accountant. My mom always said from a young age, I wanted to move abroad and experience that sort of lifestyle. So I was packing my bags from a young age, apparently. So one of the things that came across my desk when I was at KPMG was an opportunity to become a consultant in Bermuda, where I was, where you would implement financial systems for organizations. That sounded great to me. So I ended up working there for two years, helping companies like create ways to do accounting for like deposits or whatever the case may be, just helping them streamline processes for that. Really enjoyed it, but wanted to learn more about business and ended up doing my MBA at the University of Toronto. It was at that time that I actually got to work for a startup for a few like weeks or months. Really enjoyed the experience, didn't really get along with the co-founder and came to the realization that if I'm going to do something, it has to be my way. That's the only way I would really enjoy it and not have take that chance of trusting someone else. So one thing I did make a decision on was that the company had to be technology focused. So Started networking in Toronto. And Toronto is actually a great scene for technology. I mean, they call Toronto the Silicon Valley of Canada. Um, there's a lot of money getting poured into tech, the tech space and a lot of new hires happening over here. So sort of intermingled myself into the startup community. Met my co-founder, Riley, at a Techstars event. Yeah, we met at the start of the event and we were supposed to be networking. But I mean, like, 
an hour and a half later, we haven't networked with anyone else. And we're like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's go grab a coffee. And he's completely technical. So he does all the coding. And then I'm on the accounting business side of of check the level. Well, let's talk about Bermuda because that sounds pretty interesting. Is it is just all cocktails and sitting on the beach and doing some email occasionally? Isn't it? <laughs> that's what that's what it appears like. Is that is that the case? <laughs> there is that. One of the other big reasons. I mean, outside of work, I love rock climbing. Rock climbing is like a big hobby of mine, and there's actually quite a very cool uh, rock climbing scene in Bermuda. I mean, you get to climb like next to the water. There's like turtles everywhere and. That I really enjoyed. So a big part of why I moved there as well was the opportunity to do something that I really enjoyed personally. But yeah, from a from an accountant standpoint, yeah, there's I mean, there's more companies there than people, right? So you get the opportunity to work for companies like I think I worked with General Electric for once as a consultant. There were some other really cool companies that are working for over there. Companies that grow really quickly. So And the the lifestyle is certainly Part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Just beaches, warm weather. They love their cricket as well, which helps. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. The West Indies haven't been a uh, powerhouse in cricket for a while, though, since the Lara Ambrose days, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, from Bermuda, sitting on the beach, drinking cocktails, not doing much climbing a rock here and there you went north into the cold flatlands of toronto that would have been a bit of a a shock to the to the system yeah at least temperature wise <laughs> yeah uh, no, it was the first time i saw snow was when i came to toronto so you don't get much of that in south africa either right so no and during your mba what was that experience like i really enjoyed it Interesting fact about the University of Toronto, the MBA program there, it's about 50% of the class is international students. So it was great to meet, you know, it was easy to meet new people. I think one of the reasons why I decided to do my MBA was to accelerate my opportunity in the job market here, right? When you're trying to get a job in Canada, it's helpful if you have some form of Canadian experience. But little did I know that I was going to just start my own thing. (laughs) So it didn't really matter. But I wouldn't have started my business unless... I did my MBA. So I really enjoyed that. And I really focused on operations during that time. And that's been really helpful in starting a company and what I think the future of accounting looks like, especially from an operations perspective and being able to scale your value. So a lot of what I learned during the MBA is what I'm implementing in our business today. Oh, let's talk about that. What can you provide sort of some examples? And, uh, Theory is always great, but being able to actually apply what you've learned during an MBA into into real life yeah. is often the, the bit that goes missing. Yeah. <laughs> what comes to mind when you sort of say, okay, well, you know, I studied that, I looked at that and, you know, sort of some of it made sense and, and this is what we're doing with it in our business. Yeah. So I was one of the few students that really liked operations. That's all right. <laughs> I, mean, yes, I, was... I can be there with you on that. I, I quite like the <laughs> operational side of, of our organization. <laughs> yeah. And our professors uh, sort of always drilled this, us, drilled this into us, which was like, what causes stress in any operation system or operational system? And the answer is variability, right? Um, variability, you know, puts a lot of stress on your operations. It can create bottlenecks. It slows everything down. So... What's unique about a service um, you know, operation like an accounting firm is that customers are an input into the end product, right? In thinking about how to reduce variability and improve the efficiency of your operations, 
what you've got to look at is, okay, well, what if I reduce the variability around the customers that I serve, right? Like check the level only works with contractors. 100% of our clients are contractors. And in so doing, we don't have to worry about specific compliance or any other sort of regulations that would be required if you were dealing with something like a nonprofit organization. Right? Yeah. So yeah. streamlining around one customer has done wonders for our business because at level, we have our own standardized set of chartered accounts that we get all our clients on. It just streamlines your operations incredibly. And, um, and you can see that the cost to value is so much lower, right? Because I mean, like I love sales calls where I know one of the clients is speaking to another accountant and I'm just like, Okay, well, is that accountants, do they serve multiple industries? Are they asking you about your estimate process and are they mapping your estimates to your chart of accounts? These are just the basics to ensure that you, the customer, is getting the best value for money out of the accountant that you're going with. Yep, yep. So there's quite a lot of advantages to, I mean, in America, the word is niche, which they really enjoy, but to the Southern Hemisphere's niche. Uh, let's just call it a vertical, right? So yeah. to standardise on your vertical, there's lots of advantages, right? So you can drive margin easier. Yeah. You can drive value to the customer easier. Yeah. You understand their business, hopefully, much better. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you can uh, deliver uh, services or sort of above and beyond services. You can increase value easier because you do a project for one client and you can probably productize that, you know, that result across the, at least some of the other customer base, right? Yeah. And those yeah. are onboarding employees, right? That's yep. the other part. Yep. Training your employees becomes a lot easier when you're like, okay, well, everyone has to follow this way. Yep. Yeah. So The only downside is in a recession, if all your clients are, uh, you know, struggling cash flow wise or folding up or all of that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That can, that's a risk. I think construction is pretty recession-proof to some extent. There are circumstances and types of recessions that that might be impacted. But, I mean, COVID has done incredible things to construction. I mean, the waiting list just to get a home reno done or trying to get a garage door is like three, four months, right? Like, these guys are swinging hammers and starting their business at $100,000. In three years, they've grown to $3 million. They don't have any business degree. There's no access to support that's specialized to them. and nine out of these 10 businesses fail. And it's really because one, they're not charging enough for their work. And you know we're big on job costing in our company. So like if you go with bookkeeping with us, we do your job costing. And what job costing is, is just basically allocating all your costs to a specific project. Um, so you know if you do use our service, we help you do that because if there ever is a silver bullet in this industry, it's job costing. Uh, it really can help your business. The second element to that is cash flow. So Two things kill these businesses. One, don't charge enough. Two is when you start financing job costs and you're like, okay, well, I'm profitable on this job, but have no idea that it takes like $30,000, $40,000 to complete this job in working capital that you need to inject in this project. So you turn up the advertising, you get 10 of these jobs and you realize you need $400,000 of working capital to actually execute on these. And it just drives your business into bankruptcy. So a lot of the things we do as well, like we have these sort of graphs in our company called like the holy shit graphs. Because it's things that you look at and you're like, holy shit, like, you know, they're, they're, like, how is that even possible? So a big thing that we're doing is um, because we own the GL, we can actually plot on a timeline 
what your cash flow on a project is. So we can tell you the exact date and the amount that you're financing your job costs by. So that gives you data to go, okay, well, let me go back and add maybe another payment schedule, increase the customer deposit that I uh, like ask for upfront. Because most of these companies go through roller coasters. And the reality is the primary culprit is your production, your revenue generating activities. If you don't have a grasp on whether that's actually generating cash for you or you know you actually have to finance it to get to the end you're just shooting in the dark every time and you're you're going to run into trouble and it's so funny cuz like not funny but it's it's just interesting to be in the space because job costing will always become a bottleneck like it doesn't matter where you start like once you hit a certain size you need to do job costing and that needs to be tied back to your accounting records and I'd much rather have you implement a job costing system when you're a small organization doing under a million and you only have to train like four or five people as opposed to like a $10 million organization, 16 employees, and you have to get them on time tracking apps and set up a PO system. It's, it becomes a lot more headache. I mean, I don't mind because, you know, we charge you more if you're a larger company. But um, the change management yeah, is just a more stressful process to go through, though, if you do it late in your life. Yeah, 100%. And what tech stack do you use to, to sort of execute for your, these clients? Yeah, so we have our own in-house technology. So, we, you know, we've built, it's pretty much a business management tool. So, you know, you can go as far as, you know, managing your customers through your sales platform, very basic. And then the primary thing is this time tracking and you can upload like receipts and supply invoices to our software, but that's dealt on a per project basis. So pretty much client, we set you up with the software and, you know, already there we're saving you money because you don't have to buy like T-sheets or QuickBooks time now. You can remove your current time tracking tool. If you're using a basic CRM, like you can remove that. So there's already, we're saving you $200, $300 when you're just deciding to go with us as a bookkeeper on monthly subscriptions. And we also work exclusively with QuickBooks Online. We find that QuickBooks Online has the best like project profitability tool their QuickBooks projects is pretty good but there are some limitations to that that we're aiming to solve which is right now no CRM can write a project into QuickBooks it has to be done manually so that means if you're growing your business you have to rely solely on QuickBooks projects to get job costing data in an easy fashion which is you know that CRM isn't that great so yeah we're we're looking at ways to actually help like businesses who want to grow get more accessible job costing data and automate more in their business. Yep. So the software that you wrote or that uh, you and your co-founder, is that just for your clients? Is is that sort of a mobile app that you wrote for your clients? Yes. So, I mean, you can buy the product standalone, but there are certain features that are locked to, that are only available to bookkeeping clients. The reason being, in our experience, the book's, 90% 90% of books aren't like really well done. I think, especially when it comes to unreconciled bank transactions, it's a little scary to me to see how people just don't deal with that and just don't communicate or like a bookkeeper won't communicate that to a client. And it just double entry of sales. They end up paying more tax. Like it just, so we've closed that because we're just not comfortable giving users data that they're going to be making business decisions on where the data isn't like good, right? Garbage in, garbage out, right? Like, so again, this is really a a level-based bookkeeping, like the real value creating, like aspects of our product are if you are one of our bookkeeping clients. I mean, we go as far as, so, you know, I don't even think of ourselves as bookkeepers, to be honest. I think of ourselves as pricing consultants or pricing solution because 
one of the biggest challenges you have, and no one's been able to solve this for a contractor, is, okay, so you can tell me how much that job costs based on like the materials and labor it's going to take, but like, what do you mark that up by? What do you mark that up by so that you're charging enough to cover the cost of your overhead, right? And then take home that net profit target that you're going after. So our platform does that for you, right? Like we pull your QuickBooks data to tell you, hey, like this is how much you should mark your job up just to break even. And this is just insert your net profit. And that's what you go up. That's how you price your job. So what we're doing is we're helping business owners with the most important decision in their business, which is to price a job, while at the same time requiring them to upload like documentation and supporting documentation to do the book. So we've completely gamified the experience, right? Like, do you want to price your job as well? Well, make sure that we've got timely reporting processes in place and you're submitting the documents in time. Yep. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so primarily your clients that are in Toronto or all over Canada? So we serve uh, Canada and North America. I mean, USA. So it's, it's 50-50 right now. So we've got clients in both. And you can tell me to shut up. How long ago did you start and kind of how's growth been and where to next? Although that's too many questions. So when, 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 when did you start? So we started, you know, our, our journey is quite interesting. So, mm. I mean, when we started the company, we started in September 2019. Yep. We, we incorporated we started as a software company. We identified a problem in job costing and built a solution to help uh, track those costs. But what we realized was that our target segment, because we go really after like residential contractors, small to mid-size, so like under 3 million is like our, our like sweet spot across any trade. So that's GCs or like even specialty contractors. What we realized though was like, okay, we built this tool that halves your bookkeeping time and you know gives you job costing data. What we realized was that like our client base was extremely financially illiterate and like from a bookkeeping standpoint they didn't even know how to do their books properly so what we did was we went to our user base and we said okay well what if we do your books and we did this we asked this at in june of this year and like half our user base said yes oh uh, so <laughs> was that, you know was that, a show? Was that disappointing or elating <laughs> it was elating like i was like because it just made sense right like yeah. You know, when you think about job costing or any sort of financial system mm. uh, in a business, your bookkeeper is a significant stakeholder. Like I almost think in the, and like business owners are turning to bookkeepers and accountants to digitize their businesses. Like that's happening, right? So if you just combine like, hey, I'll digitize your business and I'll do your books for you. I mean, it's like a no brainer. And you know, our growth has been insane, right? We've 20X revenue since June. <laughs> like we have a two month waiting list just to get your books done with us. Like, Here's Leroy thinking, I got out of fucking KPMG. <laughs> like, yeah. I would ask my customers if they want a bookkeeper, yeah. and here I am. <laughs> Drinking back. water out of a firing hose. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Did all this MBA to go and do bookkeeping for, for, yeah. for contractors and then solve, it, it, solve their it, mess, clean up their mess. <laughs> but it's, just, it's great to see how you, you turn these businesses around, right? Like our customers absolutely love us and it's such a – heartwarming um, experience just to see like how we turn their businesses around because I mean a lot of the times these guys are family members they've got kids they want to take their kids to school buy them a car whatever the case is like helping them understand like okay well like if you have these salary goals in mind like this is how you price your job to hit those targets and let's sit down with you to make sure that you're hitting those numbers every month or whether there needs to be adjustments anywhere and and we can automate that because we're plugging into your QuickBooks and we've got a set, we call them scoreboards and you know some of those are holy shit graphs. We can just look at that, click a button and go, okay, well, you're trending this direction. Go 
look at this, try fix this, and let's meet next month. And I think every business owner wants that. Like if someone can come to you and just tell you what direction you need to go or what decisions you can make, like that's huge. Because most of the time as entrepreneurs, we're just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've said this before on the podcast, but you know the satisfaction that you gain and and that you, the the company gains from the success of your clients is a major driver in in the reason you do what you do. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Pick one client of yours that you, you don't have to name names, of course, but uh, we'll do a case study on them later. What comes to mind when you think, oh, we've really had a an amazing impact on this particular customer client? Yeah. Well, one client, I mean, when he, he joined the call with me, uh, the sales call with me, he just like burst out crying because um, he, he realized he was on the edge of bankruptcy. And yeah. one of the challenges I always bump uglies with in this industry is that far too many times accountants prioritize external reporting over internal reporting, right? Like, for example, draws uh, or dividends. Yeah. Now, we have something that's a little like, considered controversial in accounting, but uh, we actually add the draw into the P&L and then post the general entry at year end because we know our users are looking at the P&L to understand like whether they're making money or not. Yeah. So like, for example, a lot of these owners will take draws instead of like a salary. So, I mean, to me, that's an operational expense and it should be incorporated as a cost of an overhead from an internal standpoint. And I get from an ex- like an external standpoint that that's not the case. And we obviously deal with it that way when we have to do year end or whatever the case may be. But this client was taking significant amounts of money in draws and their previous bookkeeper wasn't informing them that, hey, like, if you're doing this, you have to, like, your markup is going to go up to this percent. So, you know, sat down with him, worked with him for like three months to get his pricing like on point, helping him identify which services are the most profitable and which ones he should go after. Um, And after three months, he's had his like first profitable month cash coming in could pay himself a salary like so happy you yeah. know what i mean like he's like i don't know how you how, how. he's like i don't know how you guys do it and it's, it's just because everything we do at our company is focused on helping you run a better construction business like, yeah and we grow with your business it goes it starts off like let's help you pricing but then it, it goes beyond that into helping you create like a service or product matrix like okay you're offering all these different services. Which ones of those are most profitable? So by the time you want to advertise, you can go, okay, that one over there has the highest profit, but poor cash flow, probably not a good idea. But that one's healthy cash flow, healthy profit. Let's double down on that. So that's every business owner wants that. Yeah. I want that for my business. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got you've come to the right place. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> well, I mean, we joke, we jest, but there, we do similar things, right? We build software for and services for an industry that we know well, that we enjoy working with, that we know we can add impact and make an impact. <laughs> so I don't know which one's better, accountants or constructors. <laughs> I think I'd rather construction. But anyway, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. We love our accountants. Yeah. So where to next? I mean, 20x growth is ridiculous. Uh, you're probably stressed out here. <laughs> You don't have time I don't have hair for a reason. Talk to me, all your hair's gone. You lost all your suntan from Bermuda. <laughs> yeah, the great white north here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to yeah, Toronto we, suntan going, that's for sure. <laughs> we've got exciting plans. I mean, our goal is to have 100,000 clients, like bookkeeping clients. I'm just so 000. excited by That's a truckload. <laughs> <laughs> 
a truck loader. And the reason being, because I think what really excites me about this, yeah, and you can see it happening with Pilot, right? Like Pilot is a verticalized tech-enabled accounting service that specializes in startups. Like all their marketing is focused on startups. And when we think about the future, or at least when I do, as business owners, you're always going to look for ways that are going to give you a competitive edge. And your bookkeeper or accountant's a big way to do that, especially in construction. Like if you know your numbers, you're a shark swimming in a goldfish pond pretty much. And my favorite, one of my favorite sayings is you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be a little bit better than everyone else. And it's pretty easy to do that in construction if you know your numbers. But the prospect of having 100,000 clients, what excites me is that gives me buying power. That gives check the level buying power. Now, we've got a, you know, like a little marketplace of users that we can go to a supplier and say, hey, we have all these users. They've got great cash flow. They pay their bills on time. Give them a discount because they're good clients to have. And now what ends up happening is these companies start getting even better competitive advantages just by being with us, right? So, you know, I get really excited by that prospect. Well, one thing that, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to run your business, but I'm sure that factoring organizations would be thrilled to work with your client base, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Especially if they know the books are are accurate. Exactly. What easy credit to write. Yeah. That's also one of the journeys that we're looking at is, You know, we do want to become a fintech enabled platform where you can get easy access to credits without having to put your home up. And it's really based on what we call your level score, right? Like we look at like how cash flow positive or healthy your projects are, how much you have in accounts receivable and they're aging. And we we control that and we know it's good, right? Our favorite activity at level is bank rates. Like if you speak to any of our employees, it's like, you know, bank rates are number one and deal with any unreconciled items because that ensures the data is accurate, right? Which is a big thing. Are you f- fully remote? Fully remote. Yeah. Uh, all our employees get stock options, so they own a piece of the company. There's unlimited leave and vacation days. So, you know, really, if you want to come work at an awesome company, you know, we are hiring. Feel free to email me at jobs at checkthelevel.com. I always look at the, the, the resumes that come through there. So... It's really exciting to be in our company at the moment. I'm sure. Well, uh, Leroy, on that note, thank you so much for joining the Accounting Leaders podcast. And there is no doubt in my mind that you're definitely an accounting leader. Congratulations on all your success so far. And thank you you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.